Okay. So listen, I love 8 o'clock. 8 is great, so I'm going to get you out of here then. How's that? 8 is great. Last week, listen, last week uh, we talked a minute about um, the leaven. A little bit of leaven spoils the whole lump, remember? And, and this week I want to develop faith a little bit. I want to look at what that little lump is that gets in there because you know, we saw how Paul said, who persuaded you? Who persuaded you with this little piece to go in there and spoil the whole thing? And I want to let you know that that lump of unleavened bread is Jesus Christ. That is what got spoiled when we just put a little bit of persuasion from the wisdom of man instead of the word of God in that lump. And, and so with that, I just want to take a look at real quick, and I'm going to read some scripture quick, and I know it seems like there's going to be a lot, but it's really not. Um, I want to develop faith a little bit because oftentimes, um, you know, faith's been one of those things over the years for me where I've had a difficult time trying to make heads or tails of faith. You know, is it my faith, his faith, my story, his story? You know, I know that um, sometimes if I just, if I scrunch my eyes a little different or if I speak kind of in a different tone or louder or if I pray a little longer, maybe that's gonna, you know, add more faith and make things better. And, and so it's been a little bit, up and down for me. And I'm just going to be honest with you over the years. So I'm hoping tonight that the spirit of wisdom and revelation flows through this house, that the Holy Spirit will reveal some things, open your eyes and ears, the heart to understand and receive some revelation that makes sense for you, that you can walk this thing out and gain some, some momentum in your life. So Hebrews 4.2 uh, 4, says this, for indeed we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, talking of the fathers of faith in the Old Testament, Paul's saying, or the writer in Hebrews, I believe it's Paul, but said, for indeed we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. So we know what happened to them because they did not combine the word of God with faith, they died right? And, and so there was a disconnect with what God's purpose and intent and hope plan and everything he had for them. There was a disconnect because this one word faith, the, the glue that was going to make it all happen was missing. So God was kind of grieved and it. The Bible even says that, that because they had a heart of unbelief, they died. They had an evil heart of unbelief. So we know evilness comes from the heart of man and it's rooted in unbelief. It's rooted in not believing God. That's where all evil comes from. And since it lacked faith, that word didn't profit them. Go to the next scripture. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Who has I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, everyone say in the flesh. Are you guys in the flesh? Anyone in the flesh in here tonight? All right. This is talking to you. The life in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Go to the next scripture and then we're going to talk for a minute. 
Hebrews 12, 2. And a lot of these are really powerful bumper stickers. We see them out there all the time. And, and you know, we can recite a lot of this stuff. It sounds good. And we can scream at, at demons and spirits and everything else. And um, But here's what I want you to get from this. I want you to get, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says that the cross is the power and wisdom of God. And he said, I don't come to you preaching lofty words. I come to you with a demonstration of power. So I want power to, I just want your life to be filled with power. Does anyone want power in their life? Anyone want the demonstration of power? Listen, it'd be nice to sit and be an orator and talk or an entertainer and have people happy. But if it lacks power in my life, I could care less. I want the demonstration of power through God's word tied to faith, having a demonstration of power. I want that effect. So it says here that, that fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Now, I know some of your Bibles say things like fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That word our, O-U-R, if you look in your Bible, if you look in your Bible, it's in italics. So it's not in the original text. It's a, it's a word, and we see that oftentimes throughout different translations. But the word O-U-R, it's not there. So, so he's the author and finisher. He's the perfecter of faith, of faith. And so I want you to look at what an author does. If you were to author a book about you, you would be the author and the finisher of that book, right? That story would be your story, right? So this is the author of a story. We're going to talk about, and so I titled this tonight, His Story Versus Your Story. And I, and I started with last week's Leavened Bread, and the story of Jesus Christ, him being the living bread, and what happens when we mix some of our story. Just a little lump, just a little bit of that mixed into his story spoils the whole story. It takes away the power of the word of God because it's no longer combined with faith. You guys following me? You tracking here? You like it, right? who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. <clears throat> There's a story being written, and it's a story of faith. And I'm gonna give you a little heads up. This whole story of faith is the cross. Paul talks about the power and wisdom of God is the cross. The story of faith is the cross the burial, the resurrection. Why we put so much emphasis in, do this often, do this when you eat. Baptism and communion, all of these represent one thing, the story of Jesus Christ and his faith. It's his faith and that story that he wants us to become part of. See, we want to make our story his story. In fact, I've been trying for a long time to take my story and all the challenges I have and somehow cram him in it to fix it, right? Take my stuff, fix it all up. I'll take it back when it's all good in the hood and I'll do with what I want then. But for right now, take my story, fix it. 
But see, the Bible doesn't say that. In fact, it's clear time and time again, it says, you know what? It's no longer I, my story. It's no longer my story that lives. In fact, that's dead. Forgetting those things in the past. It's no longer a story of mine. It's his story in me now that in the flesh I live by faith. And when I get that piece and I start to activate his story time and time again in my life, I combine the word of God with my faith and I have a demonstration of power. And we're going to see that demonstration of power in a couple different ways. You guys following me here? Because we all have a story, right? We all have a story. You know, they, they said in the, in, the, in the wilderness that they continued to turn back and murmur. They complained. They were getting the word of God. They were being delivered. Death was passed over. All this good stuff, the promises of God, yet they wanted to turn back and look at their story. They wanted to say, look, man, I wish we'd just go back there. At least I had a full belly, right? We had some food at least. We had these different things. Let, let, let me go back to my story. And because of that, they died because they kept wanting to look back into their story. Go to the next uh, scripture, Hebrews 2, 9, and 10. But we do see him who was made a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Who's he going to taste death for? Everyone. He's going to taste death for everyone. This is God's grace. This is the grace of God that he's made himself a little lower than the angels. The father took of him, Jesus, the word that became flesh, blessed Jesus, broke him for us, and then offered him, served him up as our savior. That is what he's talking about. So in that, he tasted death for all of us that when he died, I died with him. When he rose, I rose with him. That's what the Bible says, right? You guys following me? For it was fitting for him who are all things, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. So, so I want you to get this picture of what he's saying here. Colossians, we see this time and time again, that all of creation, everything, was created by him, for him, and through him. The notion that you can somehow be separated from that, the arrogance that I take on when I say to myself, I'm displeasing enough to separate myself from all creation, that all things by him, for him, and through him have been done is ludicrous. You know, I, I have a harder time loving myself and forgiving myself than he ever did. He loved us so much that he did this. He gave his son so that we wouldn't have to live a life trying to perform ourselves into his presence and tell ourselves little stories like I'm somehow separated from him. How do you separate yourself from all of creation when everything was made for him, by him, and through him? I don't know that that's possible. And if it is, I'd like to hear, and I'd certainly like to talk to someone about that. 
to perfect the author. Who's this author they're talking about? Well, of course, it says it's Jesus Christ. He made himself a little lower. He's coming to do these things for a purpose, right? He came in the flesh to taste death for all of us for a purpose. He is the author, and he is trying to get perfect that salvation could be ours through his suffering. Go to the next scripture. You guys follow me? So he became flesh a little lower. He left his glory. We see in John chapter 17, he says, Father God, man, you know, I've done the work you've called me to do. And, 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 and now I just ask that you would restore me to the glory I once had with you. And I leave my glory here to them. John chapter 17. So he did all this for us, Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same. Then through death, he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear it real well. All the fears that we have can be traced back to death. Egypt itself represents death. The Passover happened in Egypt to take care of death. What remained after the Passover and death was dealt with, what remained was the fear of death. What remains in us is the fear of death. In our story, we've been conditioned and habituated through a life and, and, and lives and lives to accept death as part and parcel of life. But he said he tasted death for all of us. So what we have left is the fear of death. And our story if we live our story and not his story, is filled with the fear of death. See, Adam, when he missed the mark, when sin happened, it said, in that day, you shall surely die. Death entered into the story with Adam. You see, Jesus isn't trying to fix that story at all. In fact, he's trying to kill your story just like he's trying to kill Adam's story. See, he took Adam, the last Adam, to the grave and killed that story. Are, are you guys following me? And what rose up, he said, and we see that in John, he says that they came to, the Greeks came to Stephen and said, listen, we want to talk to Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, if a seed of grain doesn't fall in the ground and die, it can't produce life. And Stephen was like, well, these Greeks just want to talk to you. I don't know what you mean about all that seed and ground and stuff. What he was saying is, I need to kill this off because I need them to follow new creation. I need the story to be full. I need it to be finished for those fruit to come afterwards. I need to die and take everyone and humanity's story and Adam with me. If I died with him, I rose with him, right? And he tasted death for all. So the life I live in the flesh, I now live 
by faith. Faith is a story about Jesus Christ at the cross, in the burial, and the resurrection. That is the story of faith. And when we combine that with God's word, miraculous things happen. Listen, anyone ever hear God's word, know they heard a word from God and not followed through with it? I have. You know, pastor was talking about the tithing. I was remembering a story one time I was, you know, I was really chasing after, you know, uh, God and, and I was early in my walk. This was years ago. And um, I, I was still, I didn't, I couldn't have bank accounts. And I was going through the process of cleaning up the wreckage of my past. And so I carried cash on me a lot, um, especially to pay the bills. And I just happened to be, it was a Sunday. I'd been to church here and I, I found this little Baptist church. I go in there, there's like two people, an old piano player, and an old pastor and a couple, a couple old Baptists. And there was two people plus the team, the piano player, which was the wife of the pastor. And I was like, wow, all right, well, I'm here. So, you know, God, I felt led there. And, and so I sat there and they, they did their tithe and offering. And I, and I had all the cash for my rent, for my bills, for my car, everything in my wallet. Thick like that. And so I was like, well, I've been tithing. I've been offering all week. I've been to Saturday night service two on Sunday. Here it is Sunday night. I'm hitting this little Baptist church. And so I'm sitting there and I got a couple, and they love me because I'm the new guy. I'm the only guy. And, and, uh, and so they're all just loving on me, the pastor, his wife, and the two ladies in the church. And they pass the offering and, and, I, and I hear the word of God. And I pull out the wad of money and I think, you know, I'll give five bucks, right? And so as they're passing it, I hear God say, no, you keep five. <laughs> this is all my bills. This is my rent. This is everything I got. I'm like, so I look behind me to see where the guy came from, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, this is crazy. This is God's voice. You keep five. I can't, my wife will kill me. What am I going to do? How do I do this? I know I just heard that and I have no idea what I'm going to do because I can't deny that I just heard what I heard <clears throat> and I struggled with it. All the cash wouldn't even fit in the envelope. I kept five and I put it all in there, every penny I had. <clears throat> I went home and I didn't tell my wife. I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. I was a small business owner and I had a partner that I met in the program and we were doing um, tree service and landscaping. And that Monday, Monday morning, we get a call from a new client we'd never heard of. We go out there and that day I made 10 times what I put in the day before. 10 times everything I put in there. Then I told my wife how good God was. See, 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 I've heard God's voice plenty of times and I've not combined faith with it and nothing happened. In fact, oftentimes there was something crushing as a result of not combining faith with the word, with the word. 
And, and this is the story I tell you just because it happens to be one that proved a demonstration of power. Years later, we end up cutting the tree of that pastor. And uh, before he passed away, he's now passed away, he lives in Braden. And, and we found out at that time that um, they didn't have health insurance and his wife needed a hip replacement. And they had no idea how they were gonna pay for the surgery. They had no clue. And I happened to, oh, Willie Lump Lump, happened to stumble into a Baptist church and I heard the will of God and I was able for a faithful husband and wife be a part of something that needed to happen. And I didn't know any of that. Yeah, is that good? Is that all right? Mark, go to Mark. You guys give me five minutes, right? He answered them, you give them something to eat. This is Jesus, right? So they're saying, hey man, there's lots of people here. They need food, <laughs> right? Don't we all? And, and so Jesus looked at him, he said, look, you give them something to eat. You feed them. They're like, okay, well, uh, shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? You know what they started doing? They just heard the word and they started murmuring. They started using wisdom of man. They started to himself all these reasons why they couldn't do what he just told. He just told them, you give them something to eat. Yet they didn't take that word and mix faith with it. In fact, they used the wisdom of man in the world to figure out why they couldn't give them something to eat. Go to the other Mark eleven twenty-two, And Jesus answered saying, have faith in God. And right after that, he tells them, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, I stand at the door and I knock. I stand at the door. Where does, where does Jesus stand at the door and knock at? In your heart. And if you hear that knock and open that door, I will come into you and I will stop. He said, if you do not doubt in that special place where I host my presence, if you have no doubt, whatever you say, whatever you say, whether it's a mountain, whether it's an obstacle in your life right now, whether it's a challenge, it's what you say when you and the living God in your heart line up in faith. I'm going to give you two more scripture real quick, and then I'm going to go in Exodus. We know the story about Exodus, and they get to the Red Sea. You know, the Passover happened. Death was taken care of, and they get to the Red Sea, and they're, they're, they're stuck like Chuck, and they're like, whoa, whoa, Pharaoh and the armies, they're coming. What are we going to do? And they get to the Red Sea in Exodus 14, and, and, and we see this play out, and God's talking to Moses, and I just think it's really kind of cool that it wasn't the Dead Sea, and it wasn't any other sea. It was the Red Sea. See, it was on the cross, the blood of Christ passed death over for all of us. See, it was the blood of Christ that took care of death. And here they come to the blood-red water in the natural, and we're going to see another thing take care of. So, as for you, lift up your staff and stretch out. This is God talking to Moses. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand, 
Remember, we just read, you feed them, you feed them, but they murmured. They didn't like that. They figured out why they couldn't feed them. God, here he's God again. He's really good like this when he talks to us. He says, no, you do it. Stretch out your hand over the city, divide it. Divide it, and all you guys will just go through this. No problem. John, you stretch out your hand and divide this sea. No problem. That's the word of God. So what are you going to do when you hear that word of God? Because we have an opportunity right now to do what they did just a minute ago and murmur and say, I don't know how we're going to feed all these people. Or we can see what Moses does. Let's see what Moses does. Go ahead to the next scripture. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord swept back. Now, now, wait a second. I thought God just said you did that. But then it says that Moses did it. But then it says the Lord did it. And because Moses stretched out his arm in faith, because he heard the word of God, him and God became one. The word mixed with faith and the two became one. And Moses and the Lord parted the sea. You see, when we mix faith with his word, we become united and one as a demonstration of power. Wow is right. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. And, and I want to tell you, I'm not saying this is easy stuff. I'm saying that this is good stuff because the word of God is a demonstration of power every time that it's mixed with faith. And when we hear this, one of the hardest things to do is turn the noise off about the wisdom of world and hear ourselves say, I can't do this. I'm, listen, there's guys looking. I'm going to look like a fool lifting this. I'm going to stand there like this. And I'm having all the people look at me and I'm going to fail miserably and we're going to get crushed and killed by the Pharaoh. There's so many things because that's the wisdom of man. That's what I'm thinking, right? That's when we all think that. We got Pharaoh bearing down. We got all the Israelites and, and I'm, I got to stand there with a staff and what if something doesn't happen. Amen. Then what? <laughs> I don't see a plan B here. And so I'm not saying this is easy. What I am saying is that every time we take God's word and we inject his story, not my story, his story, his story is what? It is the cross, the burial, the resurrection. The story of faith is Jesus Christ going to the cross, dying as you and I, going into the ground, becoming new creation, and rising again, and we are fruit of that. We are no longer alive. It's him alive, and we live that life by faith faith. It's his story in our life. It's no longer my life trying to get his story. And so I mix with that word that I hear his story and there's a demonstration of power. See, Jesus, when he, when he fed and when he did all the miracles, that's not the story of the cross. That's a natural byproduct of his nature. And that's who we are. That's our nature, is new creation. When people are dead, they should walk again. When they're hungry, they should eat. When they're sick, they should be healed. And because we've taken on his story and hear his word, the demonstration of power is a natural byproduct all the time. Is that all right? You guys all right with that? 
All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say this on the way out, and I'm going to key this up. In Revelations, uh, I might even put it on the board. Uh, in Revelations 2.9, and I want to talk about this. <clears throat> They're going through tribulations, the letter to the church, and oh, there it is. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's the word and faith and there. I know your tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. The blasphemy of those by those who say they are Jews. I want you to just put in that word right there, Jews, covenant. They say they're of the covenant. Just get that picture in your head. And, and, and they're not, but they're synagogue of Satan. And I'm going to finish with this, but I don't want you to lose sight of the leaven. I don't want you to lose sight of the word mixed with faith for the demonstration of power. But I want you to understand that the synagogue was always the place Jesus taught and the Pharisees and all the leaders taught in. But Jesus came and said, listen, you have ears and eyes, but can't see or hear anything. The synagogue is where he went and they had eyes and ears but could not see and hear the word. He even said, you search those scriptures for words of eternal life, yet I'm right here. You're denying me and you're searching scripture for that. They had eyes and ears but could not see and hear. And we know that the synagogue was the place where that happened and the church was the place that happened when Jesus said, blessed are you, you received this from my father. And he said, get behind me, Satan, because those are thoughts of men. So the synagogue always represents thoughts of men, which is where Satan lives, versus thoughts of God, versus communication with God. The church is a set apart people, you and me, that hear the revelation from God. And we act on faith as a demonstration of power. When we just sit around teaching without hearing, and we use the wisdom of the world, we are just the thoughts of men. Get thee behind me, Satan. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Let let this word just, um, let it just, just open eyes and ears and let us be taught of you, Father God. Let us, we just say, teach us, man, teach us. Your word says that there will be a day when all of us will be taught by the Father. So teach us, open our eyes and ears to see and hear. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord God, and, and bless your, your people here tonight. Bless each and every one of them. Let them feast on the word of God, the revelation, and mix your story, the story of Jesus Christ, him crucified in the resurrection with the word they're hearing for a demonstration of power in their life this day. And we pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.